Well, what is going on, everybody? So this week on the Dylan Talks Tone podcast, this is the first episode. Hopefully, this is going to be some sort of kind of format for it. Uh, we've got Jimmy Soldo from Jersey Shore Guitar Garage. We'll get into what he does, kind of our history together. Uh, well, actually, we're going to really do a dive, uh, deep dive on all of his circuits and stuff, which is kind of cool. 21-tone Jimmy Page stuff. He's going to give up some secrets uh, as far as guitar wiring goes, which is really cool. And then we're going to have a second uh podcast basically like a second segment to the podcast only for patreon uh where we're gonna get into a deep dive on the super bowl halftime show he's gonna actually show you how he wires his coil splits which is different than anybody i've ever seen uh and it's very very cool um and what else yeah that's pretty cool so jimmy let's get started yeah that's so much better all that low rumble is gone you know so that? what are you using what mic is that that uh, is the sm7u that is oh. my very very favorite favorite vocal mic ever nice. i remember like this is the new popular podcast mic right everybody sees it it's parked in front of joe rogan or whoever else and you know that's a popular freaking mic i remember the first time I had one of these put in front of me in like the nineties in a studio, the dude brings it out. We're very good friends. Now brings it out. Ugly door studios pushes out in front of me. Like this is the vocal mic you should be using. I looked at it like, what shit is that? And wait, can I, can I do that on your podcast? Is that all right? Um, yeah. Well, I would, right. okay, we're just laying down rules right now. Right? So yeah, this is the first one. I'm hoping to keep them clean, but so all right. Well, bleep, bleep that one. All right, I'll, I'll watch my yeah, mouth yeah, from yeah, here yeah. out, and I'll go through and, and gain a little bit. bit. But it would be nice if I didn't have to do it like every thirty seconds. I'll try to keep my jersey in. <laughs> I, I'm I'm dropping a gain just a little bit, so it'll be it'll be all right. I'm learning too. What do you got? What are you drinking? Uh, this is a Glendronich. 12 year one of our viewers from Shut the live up. stream well one of our viewers from the live stream on thursdays uh suggested this and so i uh went and got it and a lot of times you know the super chats come in throughout the live stream and i'll take that money and use that for this so nice so that it goes to a good cause i'm doing a little four roses just yeah. some, some standard fake oh that'll it. work that stuff's good. I like four roses. It's a small batch and it's okay. So cheers. Yeah. So that's, uh, I think my father-in-law got, my father-in-law and I got a bottle of that and it's really good. I take the four roses for sure. I want now my favorite whiskey is that St. Augustine stuff. I know we talked about before, but I was playing a gig in St. Augustine this weekend like right around the corner from the distillery and this is their local whiskeys. I'm like, all right, I'm drinking local. I'm here. I'm local. Two drinks and a Heineken. It's $44. Although that St. Augustine stuff is the same price as Jack Daniels when I go to the liquor store. Really? Yeah. No need for that. They were just playing up, selling a name. And I figured if I'm buying the name for the city where I'm at when it's local, it should not be super expensive, right? Exactly. What what do I know? So how often are you playing out right now? We're getting back to it. It's it's getting there. I mean, post COVID, obviously it's it's crazy. You know, with with it being so cold down here in Florida, you know, if it gets below sixty degrees, that's it. There's yeah. you know, there's no gigs. But you know, I'm lucky enough to have regular stuff. So I'm okay. Um, before COVID, how much were you playing? Oh, dude, stupid. It was stupid. I had solid six gigs a week, repeating six gigs a week, a double on Friday and a day off every single week. Like it was, it was stupid easy. Wow. It's kind of funny because I was just being dumb, putting cash money on the side for this piece of property that I wanted. 
was five thousand dollars for this uncleared piece of property. And like, you know what? I'm gonna buy that cash. I'm not screwing around. I'm just sticking the money on the side, still being dumb with, you know, just tip jar money I'm throwing on the side. De- determined to buy this with my tips. And it was almost there. COVID happened. I spent all that money and here I am still renting and my rent like almost doubled. Oh. It's another story. That that's the story of every musician right now. I'm lucky enough that you know, I'm in the middle of work right now. That's why we're doing this in my garage and I don't have the pretty background like you do because <laughs> I'm doing stuff. Yep. Um, so what are you working on these days? So you, um, obviously Jersey Shore guitar garage is the, is the thing. Um, that's, that's the thing. That's the thing I've been doing for a minute. Like, you know, all the electronic stuff, I got some, some motorcycle stuff going on. And if you left it in from the beginning of the podcast, cause I can't watch my mouth, you know, you heard all that low rumbling in my desk. Yeah. Didn't, I didn't turn off my low cut. I've been doing a lot of voiceover, believe it or not. Cool. I, I've been working on Fiverr and just a couple other places. A lot, a lot of work has come up because of the pandemic. You wouldn't, yep. you wouldn't think so, but a lot of people needed voiceover for videos. I, I just want to show you this. Like, even with, with this mic, you asked me what mic I'm using. It's the SM7U. And it's just the standard, like, podcast mic it's the popular mic to have but i, I want to show you something that this, this mic can do i make i make a lot of money because of this trick all i did was turn the the low cut off i still got the mid bump on yep i'll leave the gain alone I'm, I'm hitting it with like 30 db and i got the cloud lifter on it but you just you leave it where you would have it set for a normal room and just eat that mic Right, make make your right your up on it. Course. Exactly right. <clears throat> You're listening to Smooth Jazz CD 101.9. Do Is that ridiculous or what? Do you have anything else on your computer uh, using the internet right now? Yeah, probably because your yeah, video, your video, like went all choppy. Oh, did it went go chop? It went choppy right there. Of course, it did. Well. No, like about a minute and a half ago. But. Um, yeah, if if it's random like that, it's probably Google Drive. Mm-hmm. Let me see if I can disable that. I forgot we would be using a lot of bandwidth tonight. Hmm. Pause syncing. See if that does it. So on the guitar stuff... Um, for people that don't know and are new to what you do, um, what is your specialty when it comes to guitar wiring stuff? Well, as far as the guitar stuff, my my company is Jersey Shore Guitar Garage. Like as as you know, and a lot a lot of people that watch your videos probably know by now. Yep, and it, it's just it's that way because I've had the company since I lived in New Jersey, and that's just what we did. Uh, I make specialty guitar electronics, and my specialty circuit is that Jimmy Page circuit. There's a lot of them available anymore. Did you notice that? Yeah. When I got into this, I started doing this in 2011. That's what I was thinking. And there were three guys. There was me, there was Jonesy, and there was Tone Man. That was Mm -hmm. it. And we all knew each other. It's a nice close knit you know community and i'm not saying we were like the light bulb cartel over things but we agreed and talked like we're gonna at least get paid proper for uh you know for what we're building and overall respect each other for what little tiny specialties were there yeah yes there there's a huge amount of respect between you know, the, the three of us, like Don's a great guy. Jonesy's a great guy. I love him to death. And, uh, you know, they welcomed me in cause I was the new guy at the time. Right. And now there's just so many, I don't want to say anything about anybody's company. They're, uh, you know, everybody's doing it their own way and I'm doing it my way We're you know, we're building, we're building that, the Jimmy page circuit pretty much. And, and you're doing and it I for, like long shaft Les Pauls, short shaft, like for Epiphones, 
And then mm -hmm. don't you have like a super squished one for SGs? Yeah, well, do the uh, the e, uh, ES, the SG, Les Paul. Um, I'm basically making them all the same size now. Any of and the four, any of the four control Gibson style stuff. Right. Matter of fact, I got one. This this is one I just built. That's how it's going to come when you get it. And it's just a circuit pre-made mm -hmm. and pre-wired that you can put into your guitar. And the Jimmy Page circuit for for Guys that don't know what we're talking about, the Jimmy Page circuit is is two coil splits, uh, serial mode, and a phase inverter. And it's kind of funny because Jimmy Page himself never had that circuit complete in one of his guitars. You know, it's it was uh, was a marketing tool by Gibson, really. But this is what in the industry has been come or come to be known as the Jimmy Page circuit. And now there are a ton of guys out there that are building them. I'm not going to say that my circuit is better or worse than anybody's circuit. That's not for me to talk about. There there are differences right. in the circuits that are available. There's even differences in the circuits that between what I build and Jonesy builds and what Tone Man builds. I build what works for me on stage. I don't know if these other guys are professional musicians. I don't know what their background is. I don't know if they're using it. I use this stuff all the time. That's why I built it the way I built it. Um, speaking of, I mean, you guys, you guys are tone heads. Your your people are tone heads. I I build it with a '50s style cir tone circuit, mm -hmm. and I build it with interactive volume knobs. You know, I'm not, there's no secret to this. I'm not holding all of the stuff. As a matter of fact, I've got instructions, uh, an instructional video I'm putting together. I'm going to show you guys how to build one entirely. And I got my own reasons for that. Maybe, maybe we'll get into the story, but uh, I'm, I'm giving away everything that I've learned on this circuit because uh, it's fun. It's fun to build. And I think a lot more people can uh, can take this on than really think they can take it on. And to be honest with you, I'm tired of doing it. I'm overloaded. I have too many orders to try to keep up with. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'll send you links. You guys do it. But, yeah, uh, so this circuit, too, it's kind of funny. Um, maybe on the Patreon portion afterwards, we'll talk about how we met and go all the way back to the beginning. But um, the long and the short of it is the first Gibson style circuit you ever sent to me had like a bajillion wires on it. Remember you used to do the little pigtails that would come off the ends and stuff. Yep. And now it's that super clean thing you just showed us with nothing and it's hook up a couple wires and you're done. So you have evolved this over. I have a long time and it's been a lot of trial and error too um you know i've had customers upset that we don't do the pigtails anymore you know they want a little bit of wire to get in there and work and make their connection and i get that however it's not the right way to work on your guitar you're adding another connection so you're adding another possible failure point and that's why we're doing this we're not doing this because Look, look at all the, the props I have. And you know what? I didn't put this out for the video. I promise. My, <laughs> desk, my desk really looks like this, this garbage. We're not replacing this because this sounds bad. I want to make this a million percent understood. This is the same as one of these. Every one of those little traces is a wire. That's all it is. Okay. We're not replacing this because this sounds bad those are poly caps they're good capacitors those are actually panasonic capacitors so those are our high quality capacitors and these are cts pots this is really good stuff the reason that we replace this is this right here this because quick connection. connection this works great on day one this works great if you have your guitar hanging on the the wall or in the the case you take it out and you you polish it real nice and you you treat your instrument how you're supposed to. I do not. So if you're I playing on the Florida beach 10 months out of the year, it's not going to happen. 
my instruments go to war and they have to be set up that way. They just, they have to be. This is, um, you know, uh, I hate saying possible point for failure. It's going to fail. This is where it's going to, to lose contact. When this lose con- loses contact, your guitar sounds like it has a wet sock over it, or it doesn't work and you can't complete your gig. That's why you replace it. When you're replacing it, if you want 21 tones instead of three, you get this one. So what That's- are all 21 tones? <sighs> are you going to make me do that? <laughs> yes. because I know them. I, I mean, we can do it. Okay. Okay. I mean, we can go through and just do a list, or I can give you a, a practical way of how the circuit works, and I think that makes more sense. Okay, do it. Because, I mean, I, I'll bring up the list from my website right here, and I'll just read them to you. Right. Which I think is kind of impractical, because when people do that, and they say, a 21 tones, I'll never use that. Right. If, once you understand the circuit, yes, you will. And okay. you're going to find what of those positions does what. We all understand splitting a coil, I hope. <laughs> all right. Are they better if they watch my stuff? So if for my circuit, we're turning off half of the humbucker, okay? And part uh, my, my circuit does work with three-wire humbuckers because that's what, that's what I prefer personally. So but, what he's talking about is I have a prop too. I love it. <clears throat> so what he's talking about is a humbucker actually has four wires. But what he does is he leaves these two together. And so now you only have three effectively. So you mm-hmm. have your start and or well, your uh start and your start and your two finishes are stuck together and it's effectively three wires coming out of the pickup instead of running four complete wires out of it. Right. Now there is a downside to that because you'll never be able to get that two single coils on next to each other sound parallel. Right. Yeah. But well, you say parallel, my brain goes to, to pickups on parallel and series. Well, well, touch on that in a minute i mean within the pickup parallel right. within parallel within the pickup because inherently those two coils are in series with each other that's why a humbucker is more powerful this again comes from my practical experience and not finding that as useful it to break off from the circuit for a second i know we wanted to talk about the sounds and the practical use for this i i think we we really need to cover this because this is a real big issue and a real big question that I get a lot. And why do I do this three wire humbucker thing? Parallel is a thing that some people want because they want to cut the hum. All that needs to stop. (laughs) This is the point I'm at with, with guitar electronics anymore. I've I've had it with the myths. Um, I'm not, I'm just over the dispelling of stuff. Only a certain couple of things matter. They matter a lot. And that's the thing you deal with. That's it. So when it comes Don't to running. Don't tell anybody because I got a thousand videos diving into this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go ahead. <laughs> well, my, my thought on the, on the whole parallel humbucker thing is, yeah, you are getting a single coil-ish sound because you're getting that single coil power type of thing. Right. Um to go real deep on pickup voicing when you have two pickups on in parallel next to each other, the one with the lower power is the one that's going to take over the voice. Think of that. Yep. So you're only getting the voice of one of those coils anyway, and you're forcing them to read over a wider string area. That's key. Okay. The, The area that you're picking up that you're reading of the string is going to be shaped like something. It's going to be shaped like a node or an antinode. And where you read on that string vibration is going to completely determine how that pickup sounds and functions. And it can uh, be exaggerated where the pickup by where the pickup is in the guitar, which changes with every guitar. 
and mm-hmm. it can be exaggerated, made worse or better by what scale length the guitar is, because you can it'll put it in a worse or better spot. So a continue. million percent. It you know instead of having electrical switches on our guitars, if we just had a crank that could move the pickup around and switch it and all kinds of stuff, that would do more to change your sound than anything. Yeah, you know it's it's like changing the 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 size of the wheels on your car. That's the cheapest, most effective way to change your gear ratio. Yeah, yeah, I, I know you got the cool thing. Yeah, it's coming. That's that's as that's as close as you can get to crank. Yep. So that that's why I don't do the parallel single coil thing, because you're still getting the width of a humbucker, and you're effectively getting the that node read at half power, and that's yep. all it is. So if that's the voice the, or the sound, the articulation I'm going to get out of the instrument, give me the power and let me just turn it down. You know, if I'm going to have a single coil, especially in the neck position, I want that jangly Stevie Ray thing on the 12th fret and be able to get that. You only get that by shutting one coil off. Right. Now, that being said, you ready for some secrets? Yes. This is good stuff. So all you tone nerds, get your pen and pen and crayon out. Because while we're not talking about superiority to anybody else's circuit, we are talking about differences and why I make those differences. On the bridge pickup, when I turn off one coil, I simply short the series link to ground. Shorting the series link to ground will effectively turn off one coil. When I turn off one coil on the neck pickup, I short the series link to the signal going in. So effectively, I'm starting the signal coming from the series link. Why does that matter? When it's in your Les Paul and you split the coils, it leaves both inside coils on. So they're canceling hum with one another. So it's the proper wound coil. And they're both in a position in the guitar to my personal ear that sounded sweetest when both single coils were on next to each other. It sounded most like a Fender, like that two or four position on a Strat to my personal tastes and a million different ways of wiring these stupid things. That's what I found to be the most useful single coil positions. And it also works because of the the hum canceling. And when you use it with my center punches, the slug sides are inside. And those are the ones that we wind with the different wire. So you don't get the volume drop when you coil split. So we'll get into how how all that happened on Patreon. But I'm not going to say that this this right here was not on purpose. (laughs) 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 that that is totally a patreon story because that was cool how that all worked out yep but uh yeah again no accident but very cool yeah so that that's the way remember kids if you uh are splitting your coils you're doing some single coil stuff don't do them both the same way do one one way do one the other that way they work with each other nicely and you're shutting off shutting off the same coil right. on each pickup. Yes. I notice uh, some other circuits out there that just short both sides to ground. It's not the way. That's how you get bad reviews, kids. Interesting. Yeah, that's very, that's cool. That's really cool. Uh, another magic of the Les Paul, and this doesn't have to be my circuit. This This could be the way that it's even put together from the factory, but it is not the way this one's put together. The tone or the signal comes into this circuit on the middle lug. So what's that give you? Why am I hearing all this bass? Did I turn it off? Yeah. Oh, that's better. I never put the low pass back on. So it comes into the center lug instead of the left lug. Instead of the outside lug, yeah. So that, that's going to give you independent volume control. Right. That means the more neck 
you give it, the more neck there is in the mix. The more you turn it down relative to the bridge pickup, it's all going to stay the same. And in your brain, that's the way a Les Paul should work. Two volume knobs, more of this one, less of that one should right. be what it is, right? That's not the way it used to be. And that's not going to give you the magic of what a Les Paul really is. Les Paul, SG, ES, any of those um, four control Gibson guitars. They had interactive volumes. So that means when both pickups are on, we're only talking about when both pickups are on now, their signal is effectively touching each other before they are routed to any volume knob. So they have a play against one another. And however much resistance there is to ground or however much resistance there is back through this pickup and this part of the circuit depends on how the other pickup is going to react. So the more bridge pickup you give it, the more it affects the, the neck pickup. And there's a blend. There's a magic that is to be found in the original Les Paul controls. That is sometimes referred to as 50 style wiring. Right. That is incorrect. That it's is actually not. should be interactive volumes is really what you should say. Right. In the 50s, they were wired interactive. But in a 50s style generally refers to the tone circuit. And right. that that has to do with our, our middle lug again. When you have the, the signal path go into the tone circuit on the middle lug, we know that the middle lug shares with the outside. Right. So you have to pass the ground signal through the resistor before it makes it, or uh, through the capacitor before it makes it to ground. On a fender style, it goes through the resistor first before it hits the capacitor, and it reacts with the circuit differently. Yes. How does it react differently? When you turn your volume knobs down, you don't lose as much as much treble with a 50 style tone circuit. You still lose some, you're always going to lose some. Right. Not nearly as much as the Fender style where the tone capacitor is all the way at the end of the circuit. Right. Yes. See, so that, that I <laughs> it's funny cuz people will ask me about that. And I actually kind of like it. Cuz I like cuz me and you have argued about this before. We don't always agree on our favorite our favorite circuits but i like the treble cut i don't like using a volume mod i don't like 50s wiring because i want it to do that um now, you are also primarily a single coil guy this is true yes mm -hmm. when i play single coils that's the circuit that i want okay and so you do it one way with humbuckers and the other way with singles yes as a rule um, okay to quote Jimmy Vaughn, he said, no pickup sounds good on 10. What he should have said was no circuit sounds good on 10. It's true. Because by turning the volume knob down, again, electricity is going to follow the path of least resistance. So if there is a little bit of path that it can go through the tone circuit, it's going to go. Yeah. When you turn the volume down, you add that resistance, you're going to lose some treble through the tone circuit. And on a Fender, that cut really does sound good. And I play all my Fenders at 9 or down. That's it. Never on 10. See, and what I like it for, believe it or not, is that guitar right there. I like my P90 to be that way because a P90 has a like a really wicked mid bump. Yeah, so it's, it's sure. got almost a honk to it, especially on the bridge. I mean, that's what gives you that like Ramones, gnarly, honky, hot, really super hot mid-range sound. That's why P90s are awesome. But if you turn the volume down to like seven, it all of a sudden that mid-range peak goes away and it like smooths out and it gives you, to me, it makes a P90, especially in a single, okay, so widening this out a little bit i'm a i think everybody should own at least one single pickup guitar guy Agreed. so an, an esquire or a special having that variation in the volume circuit 
volume versus tone circuit makes it to where the guitar to me is more useful with one pickup, if that makes sense. Because you'll have that super peaky mid-range with everything at 10 and a real jangly high end. You turn it down to like 8 or 7 or 6 with a good pickup in it, Mm -hmm. it will sweeten up and you'll be able to use it more. To to speak to that, (laughs) you don't don't even need a good pickup to get that effect. I don't play people that. (laughs) <laughs> I play the dumbest setup for my lube show. Like the dumbest Wait, setup. Lube show? My lube show. Yeah. You you have you've never seen my lube show? It's no. it's another it's another webcam thing. It's not this. Okay. So when I do my looping act, um I have the most disgusting guitar. I have the cheapest bass. And I have a terribly cheap, I think I paid $20 for it, um, pickup. Should I Should I even say the brand name? <laughs> Is it some Wilkinson thing or something? It's some kind of, it's a, it's a lace. It's, it's all right. I'm not, I'm not embarrassed. No, I don't care. But it's the cheapest um, bolt-in acoustic pickup that there is. There is no tone circuit on the magnetic circuit. Wait, I have playing a douchebag guitar. It's a douchebag guitar. It's not douchebag blue. Okay. But it's, it's a Yamaha APX. It's as douchebaggy as you can get. For those of you that are uh, maybe offended by this, but I don't care. I think it's funny. Jimmy and I, for a long time, have had a joke, uh, an inside joke about douchebag blue guitars and green, I think falls into that for, Oh no, I love for a long time. <laughs> for a long time. Uh, the Wonderwall guy would show up at every open mic or at your gig and want to sit in with the, yeah, Yamaha or Samick or no, no, that guy had an ovation. Definitely an ovation. But it was douchebag blue and it had a cutaway. Yes. And it had the biggest drop in pre like the top of the guitar up on the shoulder about wasn't even there. It was just this huge plastic thing with the big slider, you know. Uh so yeah. And it wasn't uh, usually no, a full depth bad. guitar either. It was usually only about like four inches thick. Right, like right. A, yeah, it's definitely always a small one. Yeah. yeah, and just in case somebody loved his version of Wonderwall, his follow-up song was going to be Pearl Jam Black. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, or or maybe uh, um, what's the other '90s song? Um, oh, that song. I'm trying to think. Well, like like an eagle eye cherry song, maybe, or like, um, oh yeah, like tub thumping or something. Yeah, something, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so your looping show uh, slash lubing show, you use all this cheap gear with a lace sensor, but why yeah. do you use it all? And let's talk about your looping stuff because this is a whole <laughs> art that you're gonna actually turn into some more content, right? Yeah, uh, I'm starting to bring the loop thing into the Guitar Garage channel now just because of this, because of answering this many questions. um, I do not have a traditional looping setup at all. Um, I believe that even though it is something that I'm doing, you know, recording the loop and building this whole thing, I still believe that I want to make organic acoustic sounds if that makes sense bro even though part of it is organic totally organic bro yeah do you wear white sunglasses when you do it well i just came from trader joe's oh see you're in there real question is do you do any ed sheeran songs actually i do one and i don't loop it at all It's the one song that I play that there's no looping. There's no nothing. I just strum it and play it. So what is your looping rig? (sighs) 
Besides, besides the guitars, besides the guitars and the guitars are special in themselves. So we're, we're going to do, we got to break it into sections. So let's, let's start at the instruments, I guess. Okay. The, the guitars, uh, Yamaha APX, um, douchebag model, um, extra thin, extra light, and it has a tronical auto tuner on it. Sweet you, all the tuners. triggered people right now. <laughs> yeah, I I bought that for my Yamaha on purpose because they work. Um, three of the tuning heads are busted off. I haven't touched them in years. Doesn't matter. I retune or restring the guitar probably every six months. I'm playing 25, maybe 30 shows a month with it. So the strings are cruddy. Um, it works works properly it has the original plastic garbage nut on it i tune it once per show unless i go to a different tuning and i do that quite a bit um at the push of a button i might add at the push of a button it's <laughs> not like the commercial makes it out to be you can't stand there while the band's jamming push the button go to a different tuning that's not going to work if you have it set accurately enough and calibrated to your guitar and everything like you're supposed to you really need to give it a fair chance like you would give your floor tuner or like you would give your ear. Hit the button, let it tune itself, and then go back and put it in one string at a time mode and do it again. Give the robot a fair chance just like you would give yourself or the floor tuner. You can't have um, gigantic um, expectations of it. Right. Uh, moving on from there, it has the lace pickup in it. Right. It has the piezo pickup in it. I don't care if that's how you say it. It's how I'm saying it tonight. I might say piezo tomorrow. I don't care. Um, they are wired independent. So okay, there's a, a three-way, um, you know, kind of like one of these. It's actually an SG switch that I have in there. There's no reason for that. It's just what I put in there. Um, you know, so when it's in the neck position, I have the lace that's in the sound hole it's in the middle of the sound hole so i have these two pieces of steel bar that i painted purple and there's a nickel under each side of the pickup to give it enough height to come up close to the strings it's you can't play this guitar unless you've had a tetanus shot so it's it's positioned in the middle of the sound hole so i'm getting a little more bite out of it than neck but it's it's about where i like it and then the middle position is both of them. The bottom position is piezo on itself, which I very, very rarely ever use. So it's like I the use... John Petrucci of acoustic guitars. It's, it does all the John Petrucci stuff. And is it's that got what purple. It's yeah. It's got purple. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so. There you go. And I've got little vinyl letters on the bottom with my name and an Instagram sticker and a Facebook sticker. And I still have people come up and you got a business card? Lady, I'm wearing it. I'm wearing my freaking business card. So I hand her a business card. You know what my business card says? Jimmy Saldo. That's it. No phone number, no email address, nothing. You look at it, Jimmy Saldo. You flip it over, Jimmy Saldo. That's it. Put my name in Google, lady. I spell it kind of freaking uniquely. I'm sorry. This is, you know, this this is one of my pet peeves. I still years and years later have the same people text me on the day of my gig. You playing anywhere today? How'd you know to text me today? <laughs> you look at my website, you know I'm playing somewhere today. I would have to open my own website to look at it to tell you where I'm playing and when I start. So can you please just give me the click? Just go. Yeah, it's Google Calendar. You can subscribe to it. It'll come up and give you a notification in your freaking phone. I know because I get the notification. So I know to go to work. Oh, you don't have to tell me twice. You don't know how many Instagram messages and Facebook messages I get every day. Hey, how much is your center punch humbucker? Do you respond with a link or do you actually engage them? I respond with a link. Thank I, you. Or actually 99% of the time I just say, they're available at dylantalkstone.com. I'm not. <laughs> and what's really funny about that is my Facebook page, Messenger, has an autoresponder that takes you to the website. 
So I'm I know that they've already been there. But what yes. they're doing is they're trying to hey bro me and see if there's any deal to be had because they can message me. Yes. No, the answer is no. Most of the time, 99% of the time. Uh, yes, there is no, there is no deal. We don't do sales or anything. Okay. So anyway, rigging, uh, your, your rig. Oh, we're still doing that. Yeah. Well, I don't, so, the viewers are, the listeners are going to be like, well, he never talked about the 21 tones right. and he never. Yeah. Well, listen on, on the 21 tones, please guys, Jersey Shore guitar garage.com. If you want to know what all 21 tones are, there's a freaking list. Please go read it. And I got a fat kid that used to work for me playing guitar, and he goes through all 21 tones in a row on a video. Go watch that. If you want to hear them, go read it on my website if you want me to list them. It's um, really good. Actually, the video is really comprehensive. Yeah. It's, it's a comprehensive video. But, I mean, if you got a widescreen TV, he's going to look real fat. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're going to get me canceled on my first episode for fat shaming somebody. Is that a thing now? I think it is. All right. Let's not address it anymore before it gets picked up by the algorithm. <laughs> so the the rig, the, the reason why the guitar is wired like that, when I play it as a guitar, I'm playing that sound hole pickup 99% of the time. Okay. When I use the guitar as a drum set, oh, I am... Uh, on the mix of the two pickups and I have the piezo pickup maxed out in volume, maxed out in bass, maxed out in treble and the mid swept all the way out. And I think I have the, the mid sweeper on like 80, 90, somewhere around there. So it's, it's forcing all the low frequencies to overdrive. And it's mm -hmm. cutting all the low mids in such a way that when it overdrives, you get like a thump instead of a crack. So, oh, like a, you, know, you don't want a smack sound. You want a thump more. Right. It's for that kick drum sound. So I, I hit the, the guitar directly, like right in front of the bridge for the bass drum sound. And then on the strings for the snare drum sound. It works on a regular acoustic. You don't need the electronics to pick it up. You could just grab your acoustic and do it. Um, but that that accentuates it with the piezo. So as it goes through the system, and when it hits the mixer, I've got a real big bass bump on it. And then it goes out to a good set of speakers that's key to making this, this sound. Because remember, I want to be organic. But I want to sound, maybe I should define what I mean by that. Like, I don't want to reach over and hit a button and have a kick drum happen. I don't want to grab some sticks and, and there's some talented loop guys out there. Um, I know Dolby Doss is doing it. He's a good friend of mine. Um, Gary Wright is doing it. Um, they're, uh, you know, they're playing electronic drums. Um, Tones and I, same thing. She plays them in the keyboard. Yeah, they're more one man banding it than they are doing it on one instrument, if that makes I'm sense. I'm not doing it on one instrument, and I am one man banding it. But not the, the same. sound I made, I made with my instrument. I'm a guitar player, so I am making this full band sound with my guitar. When I'm mimicking an organ sound, I'm not using a C9 pedal. I don't. That's not my rig. I have maybe a little bit of a chorus, and I'll do volume swells, and I'll swell one chord, I'll wait that one out, and I'll swell the other chord. And when the loop comes around, then I swell all the opposite ones, so I have these nice chords that are swelling into one another and mimicking that organ thing. So people that watch the show have something to watch too. Um you know, I get a lot of musicians coming out and watching because it's like, ah, I saw what you did there. Um, so that that's that's why the the rig is built the way it is. I need because there's create... a showmanship to it. Yeah, you're too. putting on a show. Yeah, you know, I'm not just going to stand there and loop a song at you for a minute and a half and then sing it for two minutes and go ta da. That's the looper is an instrument. You have to play the looper as well. Otherwise, yeah, you are doing some fake stuff. 
Yeah. Ooh, that one was close. Have I made it through this whole podcast without cursing yet? Uh, I think yes. I have. Except so far. for the one. Except for the that one. That was in the beginning. We can take that out, though. We're ah, good. I'll just beep it. No big deal. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so you're putting on a show, like like a, the Super right. Bowl halftime show kind of thing. Kind of. Only, only no Chrome PRS, but, you know. No Chrome PRS and and no lip syncing. Well, and you're not right side up. I mean, you're not upside down. They were I not lip syncing. I know they weren't lip syncing. That's why I brought it up. We, You and I had this conversation earlier. Yeah. And What's I don't funny know. about Maybe. it is I wasn't really paying attention to that. I was just like, <clears throat> I was just like, oh, it's so cool that they're all there. All right, listen, but of I want my I, wife knows every word to every song from every 90s and early 2000s rap song. And she's like, they messed that up. They messed that up. They messed up these lyrics. And I'm like, they're really singing this stuff because she knows all those words. That's a fact. Yeah, they weren't lip syncing. That's so now, hold, hold on to that Super Bowl thing because uh, save that for Patreon because okay. you know what? I've got a thing on the Super Bowl halftime show and you guys all hate it for the wrong reasons. And you, you're going to have to watch the Patreon to hear that. That's I've probably... got to so out about that. Okay. Where are but, we in time let's, anyways? Let's finish this rig up because you... Okay, yeah, can, yeah, yeah. Flowers. So the bass is special too. The bass has a preamp inside of it. And this is actually a cool, totally not planned soft sell, but I'm doing it anyway. I use the Kent Arm uh, Kent Armstrong mm-hmm. bass preamp. You can't get those anymore. Really? You know, I, I've used them before. That's cool. Mm-hmm. WD stopped carrying them. Did you see that? Mm-mm. You can't get them. So uh, I called and I had a, a long conversation with Kent on the phone the other day. And that is, uh, look at you checking your WD. It's not, I'm telling you, it's not on the website. Um, Kent and I talked for a, a long time the other day. And he is a really super interesting man. Him and I are going to do a podcast together. You guys definitely want to check out. Um, you're going to be able to get these preamps through me. And that's going to be a fun thing. Kent's a, a really interesting guy. Back in the day when uh, when this whole pickup winding thing was getting figured out, Kent was learning to wind pickups from Bill Lawrence. You know who else was learning at the time? Larry DiMarzio and Seymour Duncan were both learning from the same guy that Kent Armstrong learned from. Jimmy Page approached him. He's like, hey, you're coming on, on tour with me. You're going to be my new guitar tech. And Kent's dad, Dan Armstrong, is like, no. You're not going on tour with a rock band. You're going to MIT. So that's the path in life that Kent took, and we know where Larry and Seymour went. The guy's a genius. He's a yeah. freaking genius. And just the stories he's got, I, I don't want to give away too much of what that podcast is going to be, but it's it's going to be ridiculous. Oh, that'll be a good one for sure. So this preamp is in my base. My base essentially, except for getting plugged into the looper, is going directly into the PA. The PA is sharing the same mix for the loop, the guitar, for my vocal. It's all going into one channel through one mix. So I have to have something to make that bass stand out and be a bass in that mix. Right. And all this is doing is a 15 dB boost or cut on bass, middle, or treble. It's simple. There's nothing special about it. It's just a real clean one. 15 dB is is tough to get. Most of them are 10. And that lets my bass be a bass right next to and essentially sharing impedance load with the guitar, with the looper. It's not a buffered signal until it comes out of the other end of the looper. So essentially my bass signal is touching my guitar signal the entire time. There's a a guitar pedal foot switch, like a, a, a true bypass foot switch in my bass to turn it on and off turning the volume down will result in a buzz if it's sharing impedance load with my guitar if i turn the volume down all the way on the bass it's it's going to cause a noise in the signal so So this organic and true bypass dude all i need is one of those cool uh, straw hats and i'm in it that's it (laughs) that's it 
So, um, pedal board for this. Pedal board simple. And everybody on the internet is going to hate this. I go, I go into one of those cheap uh, dapper Veilton things, the tiny little uh, effects processor. It's a, a distortion chorus delay thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's like a $100 thing on uh, on Amazon. The cheapest overdrive I could possibly find and make it work. I'll find a tone in there. It's 100 bucks. It's going to get salt air and crap all over it. It's living on the floor. Beer is going to get spilled in it. I want a $100 cheap pedal that has distortion and delay. It's got a little chorus. Cool. I'll use that in some stuff every now and then. That's it. It goes from there into a wah pedal, into the looper, done. The bass goes into the looper, done. All of that entire mix, there's two outputs out of my looper. The one mix goes to the mixer. The other mix goes to my harmonizer. Oh, the harmonizer right. reads my entire loop mix. This is important because harmonizers have to read your guitar note. Well, they can also read the whole band. And the ones that listen to open air microphone stuff, they're garbage. They don't work. They hunt for their note. It sounds terrible. You have to have one that's plugged in, and it has to read a very well-defined fundamental and third to be able to know what note to sing. So if it's reading my whole mix, it's going to have that. So um, I just let it read a signal so I'm not passing the full signal through the harmonizer and, and giving it a chance to screw up. And then it just goes into the mixer, EQ'd out to a good set of speakers. Um, some of the places that I play have um, house PA systems. Right. And... One of the places complained, you know, every time you come through our house system, just the bass, the bottom end, it breaks up and it sounds terrible. So, well, does it sound good coming out of my speakers? Oh, yeah, well, that's okay. Well, my speakers aren't the problem. Your house speakers are the problem. The act that I'm doing is making that kick drum sound because it is forcing physical overdrive on the low end. Right. So if you don't have speakers that can handle that, it's not going to be a kick drum sound. It's going to be a moose fart sound. <laughs> so you've engineered your entire rig to do this thing. I have ghetto engineered my entire rig. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's what I did. <laughs> I went, how much of this actually works? And found out what doesn't work and changed it. You know, I used to be one of those guys, and this is the popular way for loopers now. They're they're all starting to figure it out. Now, I've been doing this since the beginning. Okay, so the stuff you guys are figuring out now, and you think your trick, past that. They're going into a mixer with several instruments, with vocals, with um, with guitars, with bass, with keyboard, whatever. They're coming out of that mixer on an auxiliary send. They're going to the looper. They're sending the looper back to the mixer and sending that into the main. Okay. You think you can make that work in a live situation? You better be really good at gain staging. Really yes. good. And you better have an hour plus to set up at every gig because you're going to have to sound check every one of those gain stages. And it's going to be different from room to room to room. I highly suggest if you guys are loopers and, and you want to put yourself in the trenches and go to war for a living because it's not a glorious living. If this is what you want to do, you better make it something that you can throw on the floor and pick up and carry away. The places that I play that are going to make me the most money, I have to get in and out of fast. A lot of them have their own PA system, so I don't have to carry that. But my loop rig has to hang on my side, so it has to be something I can carry in one shot. I wear my guitar on my back. I carry my, my mic stand and whatever other peripherals in this hand. Down the road I go. I may have to walk a half mile to a gig in St. Augustine. It's like that. So mm -hmm. if you guys are going to do this for real and you're going to actually try to be a professional musician and be a professional looper, I highly recommend you make something that you throw on the floor and go. You know, I would love to bring my keyboard and, and all kinds of other instruments and, you know, mic up a djembe and, and put that in there. It's not practical. And honestly, that's not just loopers. That's 
everybody. Everybody. It's getting to the point where um, there you you can't really. I'm not saying you can't, but there's a lot of places that don't want tons of stage volume, that want a quick turnover. Uh, so throwing a line six helix or a pod or a Kemper or something on the floor and playing mm-hmm. and leaving. And you know what? If you bring five grand worth of amps and guitars, you're still going to get the same money uh, that you did if you were to just throw a, a pod 500 X on the floor. You nailed it. I mean, really, you know, you know I, I have a friend that's playing in a band up in New York now. Um, you know, shameless plug for Big Logic and the Truth Serum. Check them out. They're a real good band. Um, they have switched over to line six. Uh, the the lead singer is a real good friend of mine, and he is amp snob, guitar snob. If there was ever a guitar made, he knows about it. If there's an amp made, he's played through it. You know, it's just one of those dudes. He's got tons of really, like, Gucci amps at his house. He's playing through line six. Have you seen this? I think it just came out today. We're going to put it in the news tomorrow. What do I see? You, you can on. put something on the screen. I can put something on the screen, and then we will we will explain it to those that are just listening. But this is the new Line Six Catalyst Two Hundred. For four hundred and ninety-nine bucks, it's got the Line Six Helix HX stuff and a two by twelve for five hundred dollars. So you've got full-on modeling capability in a two by twelve for five hundred bucks. That's ridiculous. Yep, and then they've got another one. Uh, there's a 60 watt one for like 399, I think. So the reason I bring it up is because that's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about. Like you're just going to throw it on the floor and play. Nobody cares that you don't have, you know, whatever. You make a good sound. They know what a good sound feels like. They don't know or care how you got there. No, and all this stuff is getting to the point where if you're going to cover a Leonard Skinner song, you can do a reasonable facsimile of a Leonard Skinner sound. If you're going to do a Pink Floyd song, the stuff is in there to do that. If you have 18 different app models and like 50 effects and you can put together five or six rigs that, you know, five or six uh, profiles that you can use. You'll be able to do everything you want for $500. Absolutely. And, and for a working musician, that's what you need. And then to have the line out, like you have that on the stage behind you and a line out to go to the house. No d- extra DI, oh. no none of that stuff. Microphone, that's key. Yeah. Every time you add a microphone to the stage, you're making the stage more live and it's tougher to deal with. If you're doing sound yourself, you're giving yourself another thing to have to deal with. That's the other thing, having to rely on a front of house guy when there really isn't anybody worth anything in a lot of these small places or nobody at all. You want to make enemies with the sound man real quick? Go in there with a quad 12. For real. No sound man wants to see that anymore. No, it's true. However, I will say this. We played a a real big gig this weekend um, in St. Augustine. It's a place called Colonial Oak Music Park. And super, super fun gig. I, I got to pick up a drummer for it that uh, I, I rarely get to play with this guy. He's super talented. And uh, the hell was I going with this? But for, um, for that gig, I brought out a nice Ampeg amp because I wanted to. Mm-hmm. You know, this was old school stuff. I had a big enough stage where I could stretch out back line could be all the way at the back of the stage like i had to use 30 foot cables to get my pedal board up to me so it it was a nice comfortable stage to play on i brought that old school lamp because i could in right. that venue i i wanted it there and 
I honestly missed having a smaller amp. I usually play through a 30 watt, you know, something that I can hang a microphone on. Having this big 50 was just a thing to deal with. So then I got my ass on my shoulders. We, we, um, we're the house band every Monday. We, we run an open mic. So we just played the gig Saturday. I didn't take any of the gear out of the truck. Uh, you know, just basically crashed out all day Sunday because Saturday wrecked me. And I went straight to the gig for Monday, rolled right. out this 50 watt 212 Ampeg right into the inside bar. And I couldn't control it. When it was at the volume it was supposed to be, it sounded terrible. And it was, it really made my night unpleasant to try to play through that amp. And I remembered like, oh yeah, that's why we don't do this anymore. Exactly. <laughs> I think it's going to get to the point where for me, it already is there. Um, I'm really tossing around buying a super reverb, but I won't take it anywhere. That will actually be the amp for me. And then if and I want to go- $500 toy, why, why would you do that? Cause I'm not going to get that one. I'm going to get, I'm going to get the digital one, the tone master. I am. That's on the why? list because I can record with it. So that's the biggest okay. thing. Yeah. That's, I get that. Yeah. I have a Hughes Kettner I use for that. Yeah. And it's phenomenal. I just plug it in and, you know, I do a lot of studio work. So like if I sell a, a slide track to something, I can just plug that into my interface. It's got speaker emulation right in it. That's good enough. It's not the sound. Like if I was recording a solo on my album, yeah, I'm going to mic up the amp for that. If I'm doing rhythm tracks on my album, H and K all day. Right. Yep. You know, it's, you're going to change the sound in post anyway and make it what you want. Right. Well, we are at an hour actually which is kind of what I was thinking would happen with these things. So before we go over to Patreon uh, and chat about some, we're, we're going to go to Patreon. We're going to talk about, I think, two things in particular, and then we'll see where it goes from there. But hey, one you know is, what else I'm going to do on Patreon? What? I'm going to build this. Oh, you're going to build it while you talk? <laughs> yeah. Cool. Okay. So, um, for those of you that are not on Patreon, patreon.com slash Dylan Talks Tone, and uh, you can check it out. It's going to be the same Patreon for the podcast as for all my other stuff. I'm not going to start another one. Uh, but we're going to talk about where we started because Jimmy and I have been developing products together for, well, we've been doing stuff together since 2005. Something like that, like before YouTube, uh, yeah. before 2002. I don't know, long time ago. This, um, this was, we were actually switched. I had the TV show and you had the products. That's right. That's exactly right. So we're going to talk about that. And then apparently, where Jimmy has a rant about the Super Bowl halftime show that we're going to get into. So uh, for those of you that want to jump over to Patreon for the little bonus content, uh, you can do that. And for everybody else, um, uh, before we go, Jimmy, where can they find you? We know we can Google your name, but what is your website? All your all your things. Just okay, all the things because we didn't touch on nearly all the things that I do. But I'll give you some of the big things that I'm doing right now. Jersey Shore Guitar Garage is where you're going to find the guitar content that I'm putting out. It's on YouTube. It's on Facebook. Um, typing that into your your search is going to get you close to what I'm doing. Um, part of going back to those those years, Dill and I had put together a college-level seminar called the Tone Clinic. Mm -hmm. I found it. I found all my notes. I have the whole spiral thing. So I'm going to start going through it lesson at a time and putting it up on my YouTube. You know, that and combined with all the other crazy stuff, uh, one of my big videos on there is showing you how to take a four-wire humbucker or a two-wire humbucker apart and make a two-wire humbucker out of it. Make a four-wire, you know, two-four. I can't get my numbers straight. It's got something like almost 30,000 views on it. It's a fun video. 
Um, I want to get into doing a lot of the DIY stuff like that. My circuits that I've been selling for a long time that I have on stage with some really big name artists, I'm going to show you guys exactly how to build them. It's all Jersey Shore Guitar Garage. I do some motorcycle stuff, um, vintagehondashop.com. You know, it's all motorcycle ignitions and stuff. Maybe we'll talk about that on another podcast. That's a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, geez, I'm everywhere. I'm on Fiverr. I'm on YouTube. We'll play live. <laughs> it's what you have to do in 2022. That's it. What you have to you, do. You Jimmy Saldo and Google or Jersey Shore Guitar Garage and Google, and you're going to find all the stuff I do, all the motorcycle stuff, all the guitar stuff, and basically 30 years of me banging this out the hard way, finding out what works and what doesn't, I'm handing it to you guys now. Awesome. Well, thanks, Jimmy, for being with us and to everybody else who's not going over Patreon. Well, thanks so much, everybody, for listening to the first episode of the Dylan Talks Tone podcast. I don't even know if this is what the name of it's going to be. I don't know what we're going to do. Uh, but this is the general format. It was really fun. I know we've got some other people on the calendar, so I hope you dug it. Make sure you check out all of our stuff, dylantalkstone.com, uh, patreon.com slash dylantalkstone if you want to see or hear the Patreon stuff. And, of course, the video version of this is going to be on YouTube, so we're going to do that too. Uh, thanks for hanging out. This has been super, super awesome.